This is Aikido Discuss, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I am Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno. With me today is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, second Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. All right, we, we did that one smooth. That Here we no, are. No mistake. It's happening. There. <laughs> so, what are we talking about today? Well, I had an idea about talking about distancing in Aikido or Ma'ai, as uh, is the phrase, and how it relates to Aikido uh, and what we're doing. And, and, you know, the idea that by understanding your distancing and what should be happening at various distances in relation to uh, other people. You can begin to better understand um, what is trying to be accomplished in Aikido, maybe. Um, and, you know, this came about a little bit. I was reading an interview in Aikido Journal, and, and uh, in the interview they were talking about, like, letting, having to let your opponent come into you um, and what that means. In order means. to do Aikido. And, well, it, Right, well, that, 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 that was an That's important concept, um, and, and I've heard it before, and I've seen it before in demonstrations and stuff, people trying, you know, saying, you have to, you know, let them come in, and there is this idea, I think, of uh, taking space or making space, uh-huh. um, but if you don't understand that in relation to, like, why you would be doing that from a distancing standpoint, then you're not... I think things can get really confusing. And I think a lot of the problems that we that we see in like people not understanding what Aikido is or what it does or, or what it might be uh, used for is because we don't understand the distancing. What's our ideal distance, um, et cetera, so forth. I think uh, an interesting thing in there is the um, the idea of letting them in. Like you have to let them in. So um, I would say that that's not a false statement. I would say that letting them in is a true statement. But it depends on how you're looking at it because if your thought process is, I'm going to let them in so I can do Aikido to them, then to me that's completely not Aikido. Like that's absolutely not the idea of Aikido. Because what you're saying is, I'll let them in so I can do a technique to them. I don't think in Aikido that's what we want to do at all. I think what we want is just for the situation to be cool, right? Like, I mean, that's my overall philosophy about Aikido is if we're doing Aikido, I just want you not to attack me. I don't want to attack you. I don't want to do anything to you. I just want you not to attack me. And so when you start saying stuff like you have to let them in in order to do Aikido to them, that makes it start making it sound like Kodagaisha's Aikido or something, you know, or or whatever. I think it's a common mistake. Right. Well, so... Let's talk a little bit about. Uh, sorry. Let uh, Let's talk a little bit about the what we what we sort of see as the the key distances, and then we can. I think people might understand a little bit more when we're talking about like what we mean by letting having to let someone in to your space or whatever. Um. So you know, our minimum safe dis- distance is uh, arm distance. So. You stick your arm out, they stick their arm out, and your fingertip touching, and that's the, the measure of the, the ideal minimum safety distance. Um, now, of course, you train yourself so you don't have to ask an attacker to stick his arm out or anything, but if you wanted to see what that was, ask your partner to hold his arm out, you hold your arm out, and then touch just fingertips, and that's our minimum safety distance. 
the reason why this is the minimum safety distance is because without taking a step, it is impossible for them to, to hurt you, right? So, you know, we're ignoring projectile weapons, but um, they can't hit you, they can't uh, touch you, they can't kick you, they can't anything to you without first taking a step. If there was a weapon included, then we would also include the length of that weapon. So uh, it would now be fingertip to knife tip or, or stick tip or whatever it is we we're talking about. That would add the length of the minimum safety distance. And so basically what that's doing is it's giving us enough room that they'll always have to take a step in order to do something to us uh, before they can do anything to us. And so this is also, you know, the, this is the distance that you're seeing in uh, any sort of sparring situation, any sort of dueling, you know, right, like fencing. Like so, this is the distance that, that both people are, are A, uh, st- trying to start in and also trying to fuck with, right? Right, like, right. And you know, that's, like that's uh, measure, as they call yeah, it. Yeah, exactly right? right. That's measure. And so, like, I think that's a good way to talk about it. Because, like, when you start talking about any kind of sparring situation, it depends on what we're sparring. Because, because for grappling, it's a little different. Grappling's an arm length distance, right? If if our goal is to grapple, and so you know, you always have to ask yourself, what is the goal of your martial art? So, the goal of fencing, for example, where you get this idea of measure, is the idea that you can't cut me with your sword unless you first take a step in to cut me with your sword. And that gives you time to that handle time. that. Which, and I mean, if we're talking about, if we're thinking about this in in the Aikido sense, that's that's what we want, right? Like we want, that's how we can uh, fit with what they're doing. It's because we're using we're using timing essentially, right? right? So, like, I mean. so you know, if you are inside of that distance, meaning if they can touch you or attack you. Uh, with only a movement of their arm or their, their arm and body, you know, they do not have to take a step, your ability to react to that is very small. You can't react very well in that timing. So what we're constantly trying to do, I believe, in Aikido, is to keep that distance. And if you look at the overall goal of Aikido, if you believe the overall goal of Aikido is um, not to apply technique or something to someone, but indeed just to keep yourself safe and um, hopefully not even have to hurt the other person, if you could always keep that perfect distance, you would never have to hurt the other person, and they could never hurt you, right? So if you managed to, every time they took a step closer to you to attack you, you could take a counter step so they now cannot attack you, then they would never be able to touch you, and you would never be able to touch them, but that's okay too because I don't want to hurt them, they don't want to hurt me. And I believe being able to do that would be an example of perfect Aiki. And I think that's kind of what's alluded to in the 1925 story of Yoshiba and the Swordsman, in the swordsman, there's lots of different accounts of how that played out, but essentially the swordsman got frustrated and quit. Um, and it's because Yuishiba kept the distance as such that he couldn't get him. And this is, you know, if we look at the attacks that we have in Aikido, the types of attacks, which a lot of people are like, oh, they, they seem so weird. Um, and, and, and also the types of, like, um, the way that the techniques sort of play out. It's all based on this distance, you know. Right. So a, a shomenuchi that comes from the top of the head and is a nice, big, like, strong shot, um, it's not just like, oh, they choose to do this thing. It's because that's what would happen if you were at a distance that you had to cover at least your, you know. More than your stride. More than your more stride. Than your stride. Um, to attack, right? Uh, same with the, the ski that everyone is so, like, we, gets weird about it. It's not a punch. Yeah, because no one would punch like that unless they had to cover more they, than their they stride. They had to cover more than their stride, and then that's exactly what that would look like. And right. if you were to play a game 
to de depict this kind of situation, you could see really quickly if you had you set your attacker. Um, okay, for every step that you take, I'm going to try and take a step to keep that my bubble, keep right. you outside of my bubble. Um, if that person ever really wanted to get into your bubble, they would have to step quicker, lunge faster right. than you could move. Right. And so that would become a very dramatic kind of like lunge to try and grab you or exactly touch you. Right. Or exactly. and, and this or is also where we see a lot of the um, those like the idea of the unbalancing um, is because they are purposely putting them. They are becoming unbalanced because they are choosing to attack you uh, in a way that is not safe for them. Right. Exactly right. And so in a lot of times in GeoWazi, you'll see these weird um, kind of like plotting sort of attacks. Right. Um, and that's the uke not committing to uh, an attack that they know will uh, put them in jeopardy. Right. And I think this is part of the problem, like, we always talk about training methods and kind of the issue with just training forms is, like, you don't – it's easy to go, well, I would just do this if you did this. Well, I would just straighten my arm and, and not let you, you know, let you do ikkyo or, you know, whatever. Like, it's easy to see – how you could thwart something when your your balance is under you, you're standing still, right, and everything's exactly right. chill, you know? Right. And they're right. I mean, that's the deal. If everything's chill and they've got their balance, and especially if they've got their balance and they're stronger than you, then they probably can thwart your ikkyo. They probably can thwart your kodagaisha, all this stuff. They, they probably can, especially yeah. if they're stronger than you and they're well-balanced. The goal is to keep them off balance. So in Aikido, how do we keep them off balance? We don't do it through a clinch like you would see in Judo. In Judo, we off balance each other by clinching. And then we in just... Aikido, we don't. We off balance each other by distancing. So every time you try to get closer to me, I take a counter step away from you. This is going to force you to meet a lunge point, a point where you have to lunge in in one big explosive movement to get to me. When you do that, that's when you make yourself available to Aikido technique. And if you, uh, on the flip side, as a Nage, can... Uh recognize the moment when that is happening and when the, yes. and when the the attacker goes from um you know we call it speculative action certain action but it goes from like searching to find you to that moment of like i am just gonna push the shit out of him if you can move in that moment then you then you're really experiencing the sort of ike yeah. you know messing with their mind exactly right. you disappear and they're not there exactly right and you know if we if we go back to the now looking at letting them in so if you think letting them in means I'm going to let them in to do Aikido to them, and you think doing Aikido is an Aikido technique, then in my opinion, you're, you're wrong. Because first of all, they're going to come in slowly under their own power with their balance, and when they get there, they're going to be strong and able, and when you try to apply Aikido technique, it's going to fail, especially if they're greater in strength than you, right? If you have a lot of jujitsu skill, and you um, are stronger than them, you can probably pull it off. And um, not that that's not maybe a tiny part of Aikido training, but like overall, that's a bad strategy. So instead what you do is you allow them to come in when they lunge in in an unbalanced way. And you're not trying to do Aikido to them. You're letting them do what they want to do. That's what yeah. letting them in means to me. It's like when you get to that lunge point and you get frustrated and you want to get me and you lunge in, I let you lunge in. That's perfectly fine. Then you're going to be in an unbalanced state and a technique could be applied. I can escape easier. All kinds of things can happen. I think a lot of schools take, take spend a lot of their time with techniques focusing on how do we take their balance? How do you, you know... How do I get my hips in the right point right. under I, their balance right. point? How do I use this angle to, you know, compromise this and that? And, like, that's... The answer is study judo. <laughs> right. 
night. And so, like, and not that that's not a uh, valid area of study, but, like, I think it's... It, not Aikido's it, way. Right, and I think, like, uh, the, the whole balance-taking part of Aikido, rather than focusing on, you know, how do I, where's the balance point and all that kind of stuff, it's... The, the the timing uh, the 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 understanding the situation yes. and going oh this person's off balance already and and if they are continuing to attack me then you know a, a technique is going to come up you know and how can I take that opportunity to make that happen rather than um, you know how can I break their ba- how can I break them right you know what I mean right. where it's it's instead looking going where are they already going to break to get me right where are they breaking to get me Rather than where am I breaking them? It's sort of, you know, this stuff is, I've seen uh, instructors hint at it. Um, I think there was a video with Stan Prannon doing like maybe a shiunage or something uh, off of, um, off of uh, like a katate door or something or something like that. Um, And he was doing this exact thing, but, you know, because it's in such a small contrived thing, you it's taken out of the larger context, and so you're looking at a little snapshot of two or three seconds, and seen that way, I think it's, it's probably hard for most people to comprehend what's actually happening, especially if no one's talking about it in terms that you can understand, you know. Take their balance. Okay. What does that mean? Right. You know? it, it's funny, you know, if, if you've done any judo or played with uh, judoka at all, like uh uh, one thing that's kind of comical is watching someone who's never done it before uh, try to make kazushi, right? They don't they don't understand that the kazushi always precedes the throw. And when you see a good judo player do it, um, it's almost invisible. Seeing the, the kazushi is almost invisible a lot of times because you don't know that he just took the other guy's balance and throws him. And if, if you get thrown by him, you immediately know, like, yeah, I was terribly off balance, and all of a sudden I smashed into the ground. Um, so in judo, the way kazushi's made is through tactile contact. I, I know a way to move your gi, to move your shoulders, to make you step, to do something like that in order to get it. Um, through and the kazushi, the, the unbalancing, always has to precede the throw. There's no difference in Aikido as far as the kazushi has to precede the throw. Yeah. But the way we make the kazushi is different. We don't try to force someone to go somewhere. We don't make someone do something. We allow them to make their own mistake. And we set up the same condition over and over and over, so it will always be the same mistake. And the same condition we set up is, I'm further away from you than you can comfortably get to me. I'm further away than you can comfortably get to me. Well, and understanding what the goal is, which is my goal is, I don't want to be near you. I don't want to be attacked by you, and I, I'd like to be cool, right? And if you would, if you are continuing to come towards me and are continuing to pursue me, then I'm going to move in a way that makes it difficult for you to get to me. And if you, if it's your choice to come in and continue to attack me, then um, you're going to unbalance yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. You're going to have to lunge in at some point. You're going to have to put yourself in a position that you don't like in order to continue to go to your goal of getting me. And and you are allowed to make that choice of whether, you know, you can t- continue to get me and you end up maybe on the ground or whatever, or we just don't. You know? Yeah. And I remember. Instead of me trying to pursue you and do a technique to you, I remember take your balance, explaining you know? this to, to one of my students who's a Marine. He said, Oh, it's, it's a Marine concept. You make them attack a defended position. And it's like, Yeah, that's exactly it. Which is like, I am in a good position. And if you choose to attack me, you're going to put yourself in an inferior position to get me. Right. 
And I mean, I think that's the the idea of giving and taking space, right? So it's like we don't ever want to like move in on contested lines. Um, and so if if I am overwhelmed, I give that space, right? Either by just moving out of the way, or you know, making space, being outside of you know that that minimum safe distance. Or, but if I can, um, or if and need to, if the space is open, I can move in, right? right. That's our uranomote. Um, and I think we had a little switch at our school. Um, many years ago now, but, and you could see, you can see the result of that now. So, you know, when we first started and we were training sort of in very normal kind of traditional Aikido ways, and we would do um, Jiawaza, and Jiawaza would look like, uh, you know, the, the Nage would be standing there, Ajume, whatever, the Ukes would come in and the Nage would just stand there, stand there, stand there, maybe with his arm, wrist out, hand out. Uh, and then uh, Nage would come in right when he was about to grab, then he would let him grab and then turn. Right, right. And I think this is a common practice, seen it a lot. Um, yeah. And that doesn't happen now, you know. And the switch was just like, don't be where they can grab you. That was the, the, the switch. Um, and, and if you look at our Jiawaza now, it doesn't look like traditional Aikido Jiawaza because we're not – we're not wait. We're not waiting. You know, we're not letting them break that space, right? It's a, it's a funny. The, it's a funny caveat because it doesn't look like traditional jiwaza if the uke is being very protective of themselves, right? So if the uke is very non-committal very true, true. and doesn't want to, to dive in for the attack, and it's like a lot of times, you know, if you've done aikido for a while, you get a new guy and they're scared to fall or something, and so they don't really attack you really well committed, and so it makes it hard for you to do, and I'm putting quotes on this, your Aikido to them, right? Um, our Aikido doesn't look like that when you get that. When you get a guy who's very non-committal, it looks like me moving around and the other guy chasing me around really slow and weird, and they never get to me. Now, when you get an Uke, and you see this more and more now among when our higher ranks start doing Jiawaza together, when you get an Uke who's willing to thrust themselves in to attack, now you're seeing what looks like traditional Aikido Jiawaza again. Because the right situation is actually being facilitated for the techniques to happen. Um, so let, let, so we have that that the there's the the sort of three distances. You know, there's the uh, minimum safe distance, that arm tip distance. There's this weird like middle ground, and then there's sort of the once they grab you, the sort of grappling right distance. And I feel like it should be pointed out that once you're in grappling distance very hard to do Aikido. Yeah. Like there's Aiki that can happen, right? Because Aiki can happen in any kind of situation. But Aikido, very hard from that distance. Yeah. So generally if you're going to be practicing doing Aikido, it's going to be uh, at your minimum safe distance or in that middle ground distance. I don't know if there's what we call that, but that sort of the, the, the moments before the Someone distance is gone down. Yeah. completely and you're in. Right, right. So, you know, uh, if you were talking about fencing, European fencing, you would call this, be, well, you would say there's beyond measure, which means it takes more than a step to get to you. 
measure, one step to get to you. Close measure, less than a step to get to you. Um, and then uh, if you add to that, either we are in a contact, like loose contact or tight contact, right? So like that's kind of what you could say, you know? So either they maybe have some suppression beginning. Um, in swords, you'd say you have some kind of blade bind happening. Um, or you're actually grappling. You actually have a full-on hold on them. Um, and, and it occurs to me anyway, or, or that a lot, uh, that people don't really understand that, and so they're thinking that they can do uh, Aikido from, you know, the, this sort of lockdown position. And that's where we see a lot of this stuff like, you know, how come my... Ikkyo or doesn't work, or how come right. my Kota guy puts me in this weird position where the guy could hit me or if, whatever. If you wanted to make a little set of skills that, that come in at different times, when you're locked down, what you want is jujitsu. And by jujitsu, I mean either traditional jujitsu where you've done a lot of sparring, um, Brazilian jujitsu or judo, any of those, that's the skill you want because what those guys train is getting in tight positions and then getting out of the tight position, right? Through force, through good technique, through all kinds of things, but they learn the skills you need to get out of that tight lockdown position. Aikido never trains that. So don't think that you're going to only do Aikido and you're gonna get into a tight lockdown position and use Aikido. Now, Aikido techniques are the same techniques as you would see in traditional Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. But that doesn't mean they're built to be used that way in this context. Remember, Aikido is a different martial art than Jiu-Jitsu. So even though it has the same techniques, it's working on a different methodology. And in my opinion, a better methodology, which is don't let them lock down. And before they can lock down is your opportunity to do anything, right? And if we look at, and I really think doing something to them is not Aikido, but let's just set that aside for one second. Um, if you look at what when techniques are applied, techniques are applied when someone is in a vulnerable position, off balance is what we'll talk about with Aikido. So when someone's off balance, that's when you apply Aikido technique. Most Aikido people are trying to apply Aikido technique when someone is not off balance. Right, They're trying to make them off balance that's with right. the technique. That's right. And we yeah. just call that forcing. That's forcing a technique. Now, you can force techniques. You can get real strong. You get good at forcing techniques. I'm not even saying that's the bad thing. It's just certainly not Aikido, right? Aikido is a martial art where we use their force against them. That is not what's happening there. And I, and I, I don't know, the whole reason I, I wanted to bring this up is because I think a lot of what you're talking about comes from the fact that we we're, we're, we're don't understand where our distance, like we don't understand the Maha necessarily right. that we're supposed to be in right. um, or that we even want to always um, keep. Right. You know, when I teach the self-defense class, um, I work them through the spectrum of conflict um, I'm not going to explain it right now, but I work them through the spectrum of conflict. There's a podcast on that. Yeah, and um, uh, at the end of spectrum of conflict, the worst place to be, the worst place to have conflict is physical struggle, so where we're wrestling around, you know, and I start them off doing that, and then by the time we're done, and I mean, we're talking about a lot of people who, who don't do that ever in their life. They sit in an office desk, you know. When we're done, they're all totally exhausted, and I'm like, would you like a skill set that doesn't include that? And they're all like, yes, I would love a skill set that doesn't include that because that's hard. And so when you look at something like, say, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a martial art where you train to deal with the worst situation, which is being on the ground, someone wrestling with you. And it's, it feels really good to study that system because it gives you skills in the worst position. The problem is, before you can use those skills, you have to be in the worst, worst position. Right, right. 
So if you don't want to be in the worst position, you need to train another style of doing things. And to me, Aikido is this other style of doing things. And so I have nothing wrong with doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I've done it. I love it. It's great. And if you get in that situation, Fun, it's yeah. super useful. But heading it off before it gets there is an even better idea. And that's the idea of Aikido in my position, where we're unbalancing through through distancing and not unbalancing through through some kind of clever method of clinching. So, I mean, we do a bunch of drills and things, but, I mean, is there an easy way to sort of, like, start moving, to like, into this thing or, or an easy way to kind of talk about this for, for people, you know? I think some people, I think a lot of people mistake training for real life. Like, I don't know how to say this, um, but, like, they start thinking that what, like the, the training methods that they use in class is what will happen in real life, and they forget the overall goal of what Aikido is, or I don't know, this is at least what, what we think it is, which is to to keep yourself out of conflict and, and safe, you know, and, and away from being attacked by a person, right? And so everyone goes, okay, yeah, cool, that, that makes sense. Um, but then when they start doing, you know, Jiwas or whatever, they stop and they wait for people to come to them so they can do Aikido, right, you know? Right, right. Um, and because it's like, oh, but we're in class and that's what we're doing, so if I just run away, well, then how much Aikido practice right. am I really getting, well, you know? I mean... Right. And so I think it's like, you got to walk this line when you're training at reminding yourself and your students and everyone keeping in mind, this is the overall goal, is to remove myself from the situation. And I understand that I'm on the mat right now, so I'm not just going to run out the door, but how can I continue to remove myself from the situation and do, uh, you know, as little technique as I, I can while still handling the situation and, and, and staying true to that, that Aikido goal? Right. You know? I think, I think a good, good way maybe to start with that is, is think of Aikido um, as a game of tag. And, I mean, I've definitely had us play this a lot of times where one person tries to tag the other person and the other person just tries not to be tagged. Now look, if they couldn't tag you, meaning just open-handed touch you somewhere on your body, if they can't tag you, it would be impossible for them to hurt you, right? So they can't grab you, they can't hit you, they can't do anything. So if you got good at the game of tag, then you would be way ahead of the game. Now, there will be moments in tag where they lunge in to tag you. If you could use that unbalanced moment to, to aid you in this, however that is, and I don't want to say do technique, I mean like definitely do technique we could insert here, but also just escape could be inserted here, depending on what the situation is, angle so another person hits another person, there's a lot of variables, but if you could learn to use that moment where they lunge in to tag you to your advantage, then you'd be again way ahead of the game, and to me that's what Aikido's actually working on, and not on this idea of them locked down on top of you and they're stronger than you and bigger than you, and then you're still going to win somehow, I don't know how that happens. Well, it's interesting, you know, because we sort of um, have things set up a little backwards now uh, in that we train a lot of the a lot of movement stuff early uh, in the, the training process. And then we've moved all of the sort of techniques to the later part of the process. You mean in the in the Q ranking system? In the Q ranking system. But, yeah, yeah just in the, in the later part of the process. So you're going to be around and studying for a while before you might be, you maybe even see Katate Dori Ikkyo as a, as a thing. Or Shomenuchi, right. like whatever. You might um, see him as Hadoki, but you won't see him as right. anything but Hadoki for a while. And I think that, like, doing it that way is... 
um, makes sense to me just in the sense of the building blocks, right. you know, and I feel like um, the way, and even the way that we started at our school, it, it's sort of backwards in that, like, you're giving, um, you're giving, like, the, the completed thing at the end, and then saying, now, find the building blocks out of it, right? you know, instead of giving you the building blocks, and then at the end, you have your, right, um, so I don't know, I mean, I, I think that that's something to be to think about, you know, the the types of skills that you need as you're moving along, and uh, I think inserting technique in quotes too early in the process. Um, I'm not. I don't. I don't know how good that or how that kind of mess it can can mess things up for, right, for right, people, right. you know. But it's easy to show, and if you're good at techniques and you like to show off for your students and your students get sneakyoed and they go, oh, that was awesome since they can sneakyo me so hard, then that's a, it's a comfortable thing to show. But I don't think that's teaching us what's really unique and different about Aikido. So if you think, I don't know, maybe a lot of people think Aikido is just a different kind of jujitsu. I don't. Um, and I, I spent some time thinking it was a different kind of jujitsu. Like, oh, Aikido is basically just Japanese jujitsu, um, slightly differently done. But then as I started to work with it and realize the concepts and look at the overall goals of Aikido, I was like, oh no, it can't be just another kind of jujitsu because jujitsu wouldn't work in the situations that Aikido is trying to train you for. I.e., when someone bigger and stronger than you is uh, dominating you or there's multiple attackers, jujitsu doesn't work in that situation. But Aikido can work in that situation. And so, to me, asking what's different about Aikido than something like jujitsu is a better question to ask than what's the same and how can we magnify that? Because if we do that, then we just get more jujitsu. And there's nothing wrong with jujitsu. It's just there's also another system that's very valuable for yeah. uh, So I know, especially like in the weapons work, that Ma'ai is always talked about and, and important. Is it the, and, I, and I know for us, this I know the answer, but is it... Do they talk about Ma'ai and distancing within, like, the, the Taijutsu stuff very often? Um, depends on what martial arts you're talking about. So, uh, you're talking about well, Aikido? Aikido, yeah. Yeah, of course. Ma'ai yeah. is key. We talk about Ma'ai all the time, um, which would be weird for a purely, uh, for a non-striking martial art, right? And, and there's always this debate, but, oh, man, this is a, this is a can of worms way to ask <laughs> the question. All right. I see where you're going. Um, but, like, so, so look, like, Ma'ai. Let's talk about other martial arts for a second. Um, so if you talk about like uh, uh, some kind of striking martial art, like boxing or something, distancing is talked about a fair amount. When you talk about grappling martial arts, distancing really isn't. Uh, and I remember a grappling instructor of mine saying, there are really two distances, not touching and touching. And for a grappler, that's the way it, it hammers out, right? Because either we're touching each other um, so we can grapple, or we're not touching each other so we cannot grapple. And that's because in grappling, no one's hitting anyone. Now, all of a sudden, when we add hitting, we can be in kicking range or punching range. When we add other weapons, then we can be in measure for that weapon's use, right? Um, and so, so Aikido always looks at it more like this. It looks at it like a weapon system would look at it. We look at distancing the same way in which weapon systems look at distancing. We do not look at distancing like a grappling system looks at distancing, which should tell you something about Aikido. And then you kind of enter, you know, uh, Aikido's 90% Atimi. I know a lot of people right now are questioning whether that means boxing, and, and I, I think that's a it's a it's a silly question because there are a lot of guys who have boxed 
and done Aikido, and you can see their results from it. But if you start talking about what it means to hit the body, to lunge in and hit the body, then you start seeing that Aikido really is determined by whether they lunge in to hit your body or not. There. Yeah. I think that answers it for me. Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know. The more that we've been doing uh, weapons things outside of Aikido, just, you know, the HEMA stuff that we've done and, and various other things, um, I've realized that, like, that distance, you know, whether it's the the inside of step one step or closer than that, outside of that, um, in, in, in touching distance, like, distance is time. Yes, like, that is right. And that, like right, right. before, time I don't is think space, I, time Stein. Right, <laughs> and I feel really stupid saying that because it's like kind of a no duh. But like, the more distance you have, the more time you have to deal with a thing yes, that is happening. Right. And once well, again, I feel right. stupid saying that because it so seems so obvious to me now. But like, the more distance you can create for yourself, the more time right. you have to deal with a thing that's coming to attack you. So, and that so if is, you're choosing to go inside of that. To, to, to close that distance, you're, stealing you're also time stealing for time yourself. from yourself. So this might be another podcast in timing in yeah. Aikido. Because uh, it occurred to me that, you know, we, we talk about the, the three timings or whatever. Um, or the one timing, depending on the yeah, one time, yeah, depending yeah. on how you look <laughs> at it. Um, but that also, you know, comes into play. And if you look at, like, a lot of the techniques, like, the Aikido techniques are based on... You know, if they're grabbing or whatever, that 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 the the timing failed, the distance failed, the timing failed. They they are in close to you more, um, or or not that it failed, but you're at the worst part, the worst right. scenario, the yeah. worst stage of that. Right, you're at the the end stage of that. Those three timings, you know, before time, on time, right, right, right. after. But I think um, even as the way. When those IQ techniques, techniques, right, the quote-unquote techniques, when they come up, when they, in a situation, in a kind of live Aikido situation, like, there's still distance and timing happening in that less-than-ideal situation. Right. Well, I'm you know, like, no, 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 I'm, I'm just saying, like, like, instead of the way that we see the techniques generally, which is, like, static, right. you know, I'm like, I'm talking about the keyhole, like, right, right, right. But I think, like, when you're seeing it come up, like, you're continuing to move and make distance. It's less than ideal because maybe they've got a hold of you and you're trying to stop them from holding on to you. But there's you're continuing to make that distance, and that gives you more time to deal with what's happening. So I guess what I'm saying is, like, if you are looking at Kihon techniques as the thing. Right, yeah. Um, you need to also be aware that that is set up from the least ideal of those Timing, right, 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 and not right. that they can't play out in other ways in, and they will, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think kind of like you know what Josh is saying here is that you know understand when you're practicing kihon basic static techniques, um, those techniques are showing you something, but it's done that way just so you can get the details of how to move, so it's slow and methodical for you. But that's not the way you're actually going to apply them. Yeah. They're going to actually be applied in motion. And if you didn't apply them in motion, that's the worst way you could try and do an Aikido technique. Yeah. I think an interesting thing here was the other go. day we Much were doing than I said. We were, <laughs> <laughs> the other day we were um, we were doing some knife grappling, and uh, 
the goal was to grapple with knives on the ground. And one of my students, he likes to ask a lot of questions. Connor, he's a good kid. Uh, he goes, uh, so we, we get into the exchange and we go. And then he, in the middle, he goes, he goes, Sensei, are we trying to pretend like this is a real knife? And I said, yeah, we're acting like this is a real knife. And he goes, okay. And so we, we grapple. And then we start again. And he goes, Sensei, so we're acting like this is a real knife? And I said, yeah, Connor, I'm acting like this is a real knife. And he's like, he's like, oh, okay. And I said, why, why are you asking me that like I'm lying to you? And he's like, well, because Sensei, if that was a real knife, because uh, he had the knife and I didn't. Said, Sensei, if that was a real knife, would you just let me come in with the knife? Or would you make distance? And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally see what you're saying. I would make distance. He was asking another question, right? Right? But... Right now, what we're trying to do is train the skills if that distance does get broken. Right, so that right. is specifically what we're training. But his question was really astute, which right, is, right. hey, if a guy had a knife, you wouldn't just stand right. there and I'm let him come in, right? right? right, right. And, and also, you know, like I'm trying to work with him. So like a lot of stuff's going on. But but it's like I, I thought that was a very astute question from one that I thought was stupid. And it's right, because right. I was just making the assumption that like you understand that we're just training one specific phase. And I don't so when think you're training that's clear. Kimo, one specific phase. Yeah, I don't think it's clear. I don't clear think either. it's clear to people. I really don't. And, and, yeah, it's so, when, and that was kind of yeah. long around what I had hoped this podcast would get to, is that, like, you know, be, we think we understand the thing we're doing, Kiho technique, whatever, but maybe we don't, and so maybe we need to look at it all the time, and be, just so we're clear about things, because, like, what you're saying is right, like, depending on what we were training... That would have been a stupid idea to let right. him come into you. Right, absolutely. Right? But that's not what we were training. We were training something else, and so it's perfectly fine. So those two things can coexist. You just have to be clear about it. Well, and, and it, you know, we tend to get caught up in class, and you're, you know, you kind of, it's like implied that, you, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, everyone gets, we're just doing a drill here. We're right. just doing, we're training this one specific thing. But maybe people don't get that, you know? Well, and and, and it will, they won't be able to get as much out of, the drill if they don't understand why that you're doing what the the, why and what they're doing yeah and i think anyone who's been a teacher will understand that you know you go into the class with some assumptions and sometimes you forget that some of those students weren't around for when you explained why you right, do it right, 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 this right. happens to me all the time and then i'm like oh shit yeah you you've only you been here know. two months right, you don't right, know why don't, we're doing this right. yeah so it's easy to get lost in that stuff you for know sure well um is there anything else on on here are we close to our time? Thirty-eight I can minutes. We're, we're we're right we're on our, our regular time here. So um, yeah, if you guys have any questions about this, please feel free to ask. I think this is the most important subject to talk about in Aikido right now. Right, this right along with you know um, not wanting to do something to right. someone else. You know, and so to me, the the concepts of asymmetry and distancing are key right. in Aikido. And like if you grasp those concepts, I think you can see really quickly what Aikido is trying to do as a system and why that's totally different than other systems and compilatory to other systems in some case, but they don't have a lot of a shared ground because of these ideas are different. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so between last time and this time, uh-huh. we got, uh, did we get another uh, gift, oh, gift certificate? Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe it's Marco. From um, Canada. From yeah. Canada. Um, he, he just signed his name real quick, and he didn't leave us a return. Was it? He's uh, a very sweet it's, guy. It's French Canada, right? Yeah, French Canada. Wherever yeah, they so he spoke well, French because it was in French. He wrote the note in French, so I'm assuming that's one of them. So, Josh, uh, would you say thank you to? Uh, merci beaucoup. <laughs> 
I think. Four years of French, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Um, so, <laughs> so we will be enjoying that soon. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll be doing another podcast. Uh, from, yeah, yeah. Also, oh, yeah, we're gonna go to PF Chang's. Give us a PF Chang's card. So thank you very much. We appreciate that. You guys, so. the, our uh, listeners are—they're too good. I like to think that we're pigs and we want yeah. to eat. <laughs> they're like, oh, you know what they would like? They, they like eat. food. <laughs> food. Oh, we're at Denny's right now yeah. again. By the In way, in case you didn't hear yeah. all the background. Yeah, I'm sure it's really but that's loud. Uh, no, that's. I mean, it's really super awesome that people are willing to do that. It's very. And awesome. we do appreciate thank you very, it. Very so. much. Yeah. Yeah. It's and much, speaking much of that, appreciated. We're also now back in our Patreon account. Yes. Um, Yay. <laughs> yeah. So, and also, oh, uh, as a caveat to that, AikidoStudent.com is being rebuilt now. So, finally, I got all the hosting taken care of, um, which was problems we had with the email address. Everything was messed up. Um, but now everything's being rebuilt again. So, soon that will all be coming together. Um, so, thank you so much to our patrons. Patrons. Um, we really appreciate your guys' support and uh, continued listenership. Um, so,. And sorry that we haven't read your names in the past couple episodes. That's our They're bad. They're probably all mad. I they know. were, like, just waiting. I know. These guys. They're, like, oh, they're going to say my name. She's going to say my name. She's going to say my name. <laughs> These fat cats are just eating dinner all the time. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, so thank you so much to Grant Templin, Jim Sullivan, John Smith, Lenny Acuna, Matt Riley, Rob Kitson, Urbano, and Warwick Dean. Thank you so much, guys. Right. We really, really appreciate Woo-hoo. it. Yeah. Um, and if you are have started listening not that long ago, you can find us on Facebook, Aikido of Fresno, or even better, on Instagram. We have lots of cool pictures yeah. as Aikido Fresno on there. All of the podcasts are up on SoundCloud, so you can dig through the archives yes. where we probably have talked about all of this stuff at some point. So yeah. if there's something that you know we hit on that you would like to know more about, look through the archives. Um, read through the show notes, see if we mention, you know, whatever uh, we probably have. But also, you could just ask us, too, because, yeah, 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 like, you know, I hate it when I go on some forum, and, you know, you ask a question, like, did you try the search <laughs> function? And it's like, well, yeah, but, man, I don't know what the best topic, you know, like, so, and sometimes right. there's a sticky, and so it's like, well, yeah. I should have read the sticky, I'm stupid. Right. But a lot of times, it's like, oh, I just want to ask this right. one question. Don't you guys want to talk about this, yeah. or do you all just want to post, anyway? Well, I know, and I think that's 100%. You definitely can ask us, and and we'll get back to you. For sure, yeah. So you can send us a message on um, Aikido Fresno uh, Facebook page. Um, We're usually on there pretty often. You can send us snail mail if you want also. (laughs) You can send us mail. We get a lot of that. Yeah, apparently where people like to do that. Yeah, that's cool. We've gotten quite a few different little cards and things. So thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate you. Um, And happy training, I guess. Happy training. Uh, We'll see you guys later. Yeah, see you next week.